family's priorities. Quote, we are alarmed, unquote, wrote the Sexual Harassment Working Group, a group of former legislative staffers who were sexually harassed or... This is Jim Colby from Vokes Urbana, and you are listening to 90.7 FM WGXC Acre. Community events are back on the WGXC website in the WGXC community calendar, and you can add yours there by just clicking on the Add an Event button on the WGXC community calendar page where you'll find out about all sorts of events going on in your community, including on Monday, June 14th, the Village of Philmont holds its monthly meeting at the Village of Philmont Town Hall in Philmont. And WGXC is beginning to broadcast uh, Philmont Town Meetings. There's a webcast at WGXC.org. You can tune in every time there's a Village of Philmont meeting, WGXC.org, or on the Village of Philmont page. It's right there. When you look for the meetings, there's a link to listen and you can listen at home or anywhere you are to Village of Philmont meetings, just like you can listen to Town of Catskill meetings and City of Hudson meetings at WGXC.org. Click on the partner audio streams to find out more. WGXC underwriting support has been provided by Dedicated Presentation Solutions. Allow DPS to turn your audiovisual how do eyes into here's how you cans. Visit DedicatedPresentation.com or call 845-475-8465 for more information. Dedicated Presentation Solutions, your audiovisual partner. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Marcus de Grazia Acupuncture of Austerlitz, New York. WGXC's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about creative community radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Greene and Columbia counties. Become a WGXC sustaining supporter today. Go to WGXC.org and click donate. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda here on this quite, quite balmy Tuesday evening. Uh, my name is Amanda. I'm Jenny. And we are here to talk about movies like we do every second and fourth Tuesday of the month here on WGXC 90.7 FM. But now that um, theaters are starting to reopen and the drive-ins are back up and running, we're going to tell you first before we get into what we've been watching lately and what our chosen theme of the episode is, we're just going to tell you a little bit about what's in the theaters right now. Um, so I'm looking here at the highway drive-in schedule. That's the highway drive-in in Cooksackie, New York, right off of Route 9W. And they are still only open Friday through Sunday, even though it's after Memorial Day. They've got four screens and each screen has two movies. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. The snack bar is wonderful. So on screen one, you have the new Conjuring movie and flashback. Screen two is A Quiet Place Part Two and Endangered Species. Screen three is Cruella and Raya the Last Dragon. And screen four is Spirit Untamed and surprise, Evan Almighty. It's not a new movie. So if you want any more information about those movies and showtimes, you can go to highwaydrivein.com. That's H-I-W-A-Y drivein.com. Yeah. So that's the highway. What else do we got? I have excellent news about the Greenville Drive-In. So the Greenville Drive-In also only open on the weekends, but this weekend on Friday and Saturday, we have The Mummy. (gasps) (laughs) I also have really good news for Sunday on the 13th. It's Enter the Dragon. The Greenville Drive-In is like 
really popping off this year, I feel. <laughs> they are. And I feel like they started their season off really well with a little special uh, 10-year WGXC anniversary drive-in event that we both attended and had a great time at. Yeah, it's been really <laughs> wonderful. But so if you would like to know more information about screen times uh, and any other anything else about the drive-in, it's drivein32.com. Uh, and that's the one in Greenville. So it's a little further out, but both so wonderful. Um, The other good news I have about movie theaters right now is the Upstate Movie Theater in Rhinebeck is reopening finally. They're reopening on June 16th for members and June 18th for everybody else. I don't think they have the films announced yet for what they're going to be playing, but I'm really excited and very psyched to go in again. Upstate and Rhinebeck is a wonderful, wonderful theater. And, you know, for those of us who are on the west side of the river, it's worth the trip. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And then I have up here, the Wyndham Movie Theater is back open and right now is playing In the Heights on Saturday and Sunday. Also, the new Spirit movie, Spirit Untamed, Friday, Saturday and Sunday and A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, and that's it. And if you want more information about that, you can go to windhamtheater.com. That's W-I-N-D-H-A-M theater.com. And what else? Oh, TSL. TSL. TSL is, has reopened for indoor screenings also. I think they did in May, which was really exciting. Uh, so they have a, a bunch of like a real variety of movies. So I would suggest going to their website to learn more about them which is www.timeandspace.org, which is always fun to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a good domain. I'm glad they grabbed that one. <laughs> yeah, but they have a, a, a very wide variety of types of movies. So I would suggest checking it out. Yes, uh, and if you haven't heard of TSL before, it stands for Time Space Limited, and they are located in Hudson, New York. And they play, yeah, either um, sometimes new releases, mostly independent films, and a lot of older movies, and it's really a wonderful place to go. All right, so that's uh, that's what's new in our lovely Happy Valley. But what I really want to know, Jenny, is what have you been watching lately? Well, I'm so very glad you asked. I actually went to my first indoor movie post pandemic two weeks ago, and it was so nice dude it was so nice (laughs) Um, I actually went to TSL the aforementioned theater um, which was really wonderful because it was me and our dear friend Danielle and two other people and nobody else (laughs) it's really nice just a Mm. little private screening um what we wanted before the pandemic it's what we wanted after (laughs) yeah it's really it was really lovely um but so I got to see a movie from 1997 that I've really wanted to see for a long time, but couldn't find anywhere. Uh, And it's called Happy Together. It's directed by Wong Kar Wai, who's a Hong Kong film director. Uh, And it's so beautiful. (laughs) It was really good. When, uh, when I invited our friend Danielle to go see it with me, I was like, just so you know, I'm probably going to cry. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it was so wonderful. It's uh, about a couple of men who go on on a trip to Argentina and then like immediately break up because their relationship's super turbulent. Um, And the main character is played by Tony Leung and his character's name is Phi. uh, And he starts like working at a tango bar uh, in Argentina. And then like his boyfriend, his ex-boyfriend shows up. So of course they like fall back into it again uh, and kind of like reignite their turbulent relationship uh, but it's so beautiful and like just, you know, v- good vibes or not good vibes only, but just like vibes, <laughs> tons of vibes. <laughs> There's also like this wildly moving secondary character um, played by Chang Chen, who is like this young guy who works in a kitchen where uh, Fai ends up working later. And like they have like a sliding doors romance where like they don't quite get together, but like you really want them to. And it's mm. so, oh my oh. God, I was like grinning <laughs> like under my mask. So uh, it was really great. But I have really great news because it's not uh, being screened at TSL anymore. However, it did just get added to Criterion. So oh, fun. if you have that, if you have access to it, um, I would highly, highly recommend watching it. It might be available to rent now too. For a long time, it wasn't available anywhere, um, but it was a, a bunch of Wong Kar Wai's movies were recently remastered in 4K. So I think they're becoming a little bit more accessible to like non-film students, which is really mm-hmm. nice. Oh, that's so nice when that finally, finally happens. 
yeah, so I would highly recommend it. It's like very romantic, um, funny, sad, of course. Like it's got, you know, it does the whole thing. Runs the gamut. <laughs> Runs the um, gamut. Say, say the name of the movie again, please. It's called Happy Together. Okay. It's from 1997. A great year. Uh, yeah, that seems like the mood that I'm really trying to view right now. Yeah, good summer movie too, because they're in Argentina, so it's really hot. And it's like, oh yeah, that's good stuff. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Amanda? Can you tell me what you've been watching lately? Oh, Jenny, I wish I could tell you that I've been watching more than Dawson's Creek lately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm, I, I have something I will tell you about that. I did finally claw my way out of this teen soap opera that I'm drowning in. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so I've been, I have a hard penchant for teen soap operas and I've been watching Dawson's Creek for the first time. It is absolutely just the worst. I hate it so much and I can't stop watching it and it's ruining my life. But so that's why, you know, I could use with a different kind of romance, a better, better crafted. romance. (laughs) Um, However, I did this weekend in multiple parts because I kept falling asleep because I'm very sleepy. I watched Flash Gordon for the first time. Oh, my God. (laughs) What a what a zany ride, truly. <laughs> um, Flash Gordon from 1980 with original soundtrack by Queen and directed by Mike Hodges. Um, it is very much of the post-Star Wars world. Uh, however, it has a way, way lower budget, charmingly so. <laughs> um, there, I love when I can see what props are made out of it's kind of nice. It's really, yeah, I love that. (laughs) You know, it's, it doesn't necessarily make me fall deeper into the world they're trying to take me into. I can kind of see the coats of paint. However, so fun. I mean, it's incredibly colorful and they're the wonderful thing about being able to see kind of how everything was made is, um, I don't know. It it just, uh, makes you think you could make something like it yourself. I don't know. Yeah. There's all these liquid light shows for the space sky. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. For those of you who don't know what this movie is about, Flash Gordon is a very old comic book character, I believe. Um, I forget when his character. Oh, his first appearance in comics was in 1934. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's an older comic book character. And this is a movie adaptation of that. And Flash Gordon, as he is in the movie, is an American football player who through various uh, very fast paced circumstances basically gets shot into space um to confront a evil galactic overlord who is threatening earth by he's going to throw the moon into earth um and this overlord's name is ming the merciless and he's played by max von sidow who we love to see um <laughs> the costumes are truly truly wonderful very, um, very shiny, very sexy. Uh, it's, it was a real blast. It's real dorky. Um, <laughs> it was so fun. I, I do kind of love these, these silly eighties action fantasies that the main character is, um, a super beefy blonde guy with the face of a, a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> muscle-bound Bambi yeah a muscle-bound Bambi like he's got the sweetest dumbest face and a dumb voice (laughs) um but it was really fun and that was streaming on Amazon for purchase if you're interested I think it's a good one to have in the old tool toolbox in your repertoire uh it was a lot of fun and um yeah if anything watch it for the costumes and the colors the soundtrack is very fun it was a blast Oh, amazing. Yeah. I've never seen it. I know the song and I, uh, and I've seen like stills of the sets before in the costumes, but that's a good, yeah. yeah I really got to watch Flash Gordon. Good point. <laughs> yeah. It's really the, uh, it's it, like I said, just alone for seeing, um, how very clearly everything was made. It's so almost like, you know, a high school theater production, but better. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm not trying to diss on it too hard. It was totally great. And it takes a lot of money to make crazy costumes for tons of people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Flash Gordon was a lot of fun. Very, very silly. I feel like some silly 80s fun. Delightful. I do. 
I do like yeah. some silly 80s fun. <laughs> well, I guess like late 70s, really. It's 1980. Yeah. It's a cusp. It's a cusp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on the edge. Right on the edge. <laughs> um, speaking of things that are shiny and colorful <laughs> and sought after, um, <laughs> Jenny, do you want to let our thousands and thousands of listeners, faithful listeners, know what our tonight's theme is? And so I would be so honored to tell the people. Uh, tonight we will be discussing movies with jewel heists in them yeah not just any old heist it's gotta be one where we're going after jewels exactly (laughs) this was our attempt to narrow down the very large category of heists which we will of course return to on this show because there are just so so many excellent heist movies there's so many we love and want to talk about and want to see but we just had to had to chop it down a little bit to jewel yeah. heist. Yeah, this is heists volume one colon. He was a jewel thief. That's Ex- this episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stay tuned uh, for volume two. When yeah. Just, you know, paintings. Paintings, gold or treasure. Treasure. And then uh-huh. finally paper money. <laughs> Cash, yeah, Cash money. <laughs> um, Jenny, what was something that you watched for our theme? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I watched a couple of different movies, and I think at least one of them we both watched. So I'm going to start with that one just to really, you know, let's see. Uh, And it's actually the first movie I watched. It's a movie from 1972 called The Hot Rock. Ah, yes. It was also the first movie that I watched. Yes. (laughs) I got to say, I really loved The Hot Rock. I thought it was excellent. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, it was so fun. (laughs) It was so fun. Uh, So this is a movie from 1972. Uh, directed by Peter Yates, uh, and it stars Robert Redford, sexy, beautiful, 70s Robert Redford, looking so good, so looking fresh. So good. I love his floppy blonde hair. I know. He, like, <laughs> it's so, I mean, I know he's an attractive person, and I definitely talked about him when we did our political uh, thriller episode also, and how, like, I don't, I don't know why I'm always surprised by how attractive I find him. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. When he pops out, you're just like, oh, yeah, oh. no, I... I know why they made you a leading man because yeah. you're very, very, very handsome. <laughs> that fresh face, just that fresh faced little guy. It's really wild. Yeah. Uh, but so the hot rock, if you have not seen it or are not familiar, uh, is about a man named John Dortmunder, played by Robert Redford, who has recently gotten out of jail. Uh, and he is immediately enlisted by his brother-in-law. <laughs> He's not call. out of prison for more than 20 minutes. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he gets picked up on his way home uh, by his brother-in-law named Kelp. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, hey, look, what about just like one more job, though? Just one more just job, one baby. One more job. This one's really good. It's going to go great. Don't worry. Then I can like, he's because he's married to his sister, he's like, I can provide for the family. And Dortmunder is not into it, but eventually he gets talked around into it. So they're being hired by uh, this man named Dr. Amusa, who, an unspecified uh, anthropologist, I guess, it's really unclear what his, what his role is, other than that he is enlisting a group of thieves to steal back uh, a diamond, which has been taken from an unspecified African country. Did you get a country in there? I did not. I couldn't, I thought maybe he was supposed to be uh, a dignitary or politician of some mm-hmm. kind. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure either way, what you say is true. I did not get a country, but he wants yeah. it stolen back from the Brooklyn museum. Yeah. To return to its rightful home in some country in Africa, which they do not specify, which was frustrating, but mm-hmm. I do appreciate the, uh, the, uh, the concept of stealing back somebody's artifacts. Exactly though. Okay. I thought, sorry to dive no, into please. the synopsis. I thought for a sec that he was saying that like he, he, the country he's from and another country have steal it back and forth. And like, so he's getting a leg up over this other country. I was like, this is, doesn't need to be like this. Interesting. Yeah. I don't (laughs) remember that, but it's, yeah, totally. Like uh, it's, we could simplify this. Yeah, for sure. I didn't catch that because it was, you know, at, at the beginning, they kind of do this quick overview of what is what the Dr. Musa is hiring them for. Mm-hmm. Um, but so anyway, the, the gist of it is that basically Robert Redford 
Dortmunder and his brother-in-law Kelp need to find two other men to help steal this diamond out of the Brooklyn Museum. And so they do. <laughs> it's a classic getting the gang together. They all meet at the back of like a shady bar. To, Best part of a heist movie. Yes, to discuss their plans and figure out what's going to happen. So the first thing they must do is create a distraction and then break into the Brooklyn Museum and get the diamond. However, things almost go well and then <laughs> they don't go so well and they almost get caught. And one member of the party does, Greenberg, is caught and in a quick moment of choice, he swallows the diamond. Mm -hmm. So then he's taken off to prison. The remaining three members are approached by Greenberg's father to be like, hey, you need to get my son out of prison <laughs> because otherwise this is going to come down on you. And that way we can get the diamond back and I'll split the money. So then they have to perform another heist where they have to get Greenberg out of prison. Yeah, they got to steal a man. They got to steal a man. <laughs> they first they tried to steal a diamond, didn't go great. Now they got to steal a man. So they mm -hmm. get so then that also <laughs> narrowly succeeds. Yeah. But it turns out Greenberg doesn't have the diamond anymore. So they have to perform yet another heist where they have to break into <laughs> a police station where Dortmunder is like I hid the diamond in there while I was in custody. Uh, so this is what we have to do. Otherwise, none of us get the money. Should I just go? I'm like, I'm ready to like talk about. No, the no, whole movie. do it. Okay. Do it. <laughs> All right. So here we are. Heist number three. We have to break into a police station. So these guys, they get a helicopter and they land on the roof and pretend to be insurgents trying to take over uh, this police station. However, when they get to the cell where, um, where Greenberg was being kept, the diamond is no longer there. Mm-mm. So after some sleuthing, they figure out that Greenberg's father has double-crossed them. And under duress, he finally admits to having stored the diamond in his own uh, safety deposit box. And so then we come up on our very last heist. We've got one more. I really it's love so that this rich. movie is so just rich. like heist after heist after heist. It's so oh, you fun. Wanted, you wanted one heist? We're going to give you many. It it's was amazing. So, so bountiful. It's so satisfying. Um, and yeah, I don't want to like fully, well, maybe I should just fully spoil this movie. I don't know. Maybe you, it's totally up to you. Your synopsis so far is perfect because what Jenny is doing is excellent and telling you the general arc of it, but how each of these heists go down is unique to each one. And also so, so fun. The <laughs> role, the roles of the other two members of their heist crew are very fun. I love the getaway driver. Yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so each of these, how each of these heists go down is, is really, really fun, especially the last one. So I think it's fine. You can spoil it, spoil away because people should still watch it because you're, you're tactfully leaving out some very fun details. All right. So here we are coming up on the end. Uh, we have to get this diamond out of the security deposit box. However, uh, Greenberg's dad is like, look, they know me very well there. You can pretend to be me all you want, Robert Redford. They're not going to believe you. It's never going to work. The security is excellent at this bank. So they have to do some more like sitting down. Robert Redford does a lot of like walking around and thinking, which is like very entertaining. Uh, it's also like, I mean, the thing is, is that they're all fairly skilled, even though they are clearly making blunders <laughs> to require having, like, having to do four heists in a row is like, what is happening here? Mm -hmm. um, but so he decides, he figures out, he has this moment of inspiration where he realizes that they can use a hypnotist <laughs> to basically uh, work on the guy who's in the safety deposit box room, like the guy who's in charge of it, so that when Dortmunder says a very specific phrase, he will just obey without question. And so all of the other heists also, like they are kind of stressful, but in a way that's really fun and funny and not like, like my heart wasn't really pumping during any of them. But during the last heist, it's just Dortmunder and he has to go into the bank and like hope that this hypnotism worked and just try and get this diamond and get out. And it's like truly the most anxious yeah. part of the movie where you are just like oh my god like he has no like he doesn't have anybody else to blame at this point it's just him yeah and he just has to hope that it goes right yeah like there's nothing you know? he can do <laughs> to change like there's no tricks there's no schemes except for the very specific hypnotism <laughs> that has to occur mm -hmm. uh and yeah it's just like 
Okay, I am going to spoil the very, very end. So if you don't want to know about the hot rock, just like turn it down for like one minute and then come right on back. So it works. He does. He says the <laughs> turn of phrase, which is, I'm sorry. Afghanistan, banana stand. Afghanistan, banana stand. <laughs> sorry. I just wanted to double yeah. check before I said it out loud. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it works perfectly. And he gets the diamond and he walks out very carefully and very slowly just as Greenberg's dad and Dr. Amus are entering in the bank in order to get it themselves. And he like just gets out in time. And then the last scene of the movie is like two minutes of him, like jubilantly walking on air down the street to get back into the car with his crew and drive away. And it's like, Oh my God, it's yeah. so satisfying. It's so nice. It's so nice. Cause also somewhere in there, um, doc, so what's his name? Dr. Dr. Amusa. Dr. Musa um, basically is like, I've had enough with you guys. Like you've because he's this whole time has been bankrolling all of the stuff that they need for these heists. And now it's been three heists deep. And he's like, I'm and including <laughs> like getting absurd. a helicopter. He's like, I'm done with you guys. You know what? Um, Greenberg's dad says he has the diamond. He's just going to give it to me. So like, screw you guys. So, uh, you know. Totally diamond for themselves. Yeah, it's really, oh my God, it's just great. I I mean, I knew that it was a good movie going in, but it was still just like, it's so fun when you watch something that's just like incredibly engaging the whole way through. Yeah, like, what's going to happen? It's like, it's really funny, but it's also very well made. So it's like, it's extremely engaging. Yeah, I think that (laughs) it does. The hot rock was so fun. Um, I think that heists and heist and comedy go so well together. Yeah, totally. Because it's like there's a the humor is a welcomed cut in the tension. The tension is what's so fun about heist movies. It's why they're wonderful to watch and very popular. But to add some comedy in there does allow for uh, a healthy cut in the tension or they can play with it like in the hot rock where the last one there's little humor aside from the turn of phrase being Afghanistan banana Sam. Um, and I wrote in my notes that, um, uh, so the, like the dashes of comedy in, uh, an edge of your seat heist moment is kind of the non evil twin to a jump scare. in a horror yeah, movie. Totally. <laughs> you know, it's a similar, like, Oh, huh. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, just a little break. <laughs> yeah, just a little break. Because like, um, they're getting you. You're on. You're on the edge of your seat, and so they're getting you. But they're getting you with humor. It's light. Oh, he fell down. He, he dropped it. You know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and it's a fun way to extend. You know, and then make you further anxious. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot. It's a lot of physical humor, and you're having fun with it but you're also like okay man like it's time to get up like <laughs> run away yeah, be serious oh my god let's go yeah totally yeah it's two great tastes that go great together comedy and heists <laughs> yeah for 100 percent oh so great um it also has like a killer quincy jones soundtrack soundtrack's great yeah really it does it's really good the hot rock is solid as a rock solid it's really beautiful <laughs> shines like a diamond <laughs> Um, I'm uh, going to tell you about a completely humorless movie that I watched, take which me there. maybe is why it wasn't that good. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about it, even though I didn't love it, but it truly is a by the book jewel heist movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you about flawless from 2007. Um, and it stars Demi Moore and Michael Caine. And it takes place in the 1960s in London where Demi Moore's character, whose name is Laura and I, Laura Quinn, uh, she works at London Diamond, which is a massive diamond dealer company, and they control uh, a lot of the diamond trading in the world. There's actually a lot of uh, really uncomfortable passing comments made about, um, or you know, not inappropriate language necessarily, but just very, very wealthy white people talking about the diamond mines in Africa. And um, it could have been a cooler movie if maybe (laughs) it like analyzed that more, but okay. Anyways. (laughs) um, So Michael Caine's character is the janitor in this London diamond office building. And Laura Quinn, Demi Moore's character has been working there for years and she is far superior to her male coworkers. Yet she has gotten 
ignored countless times for promotions, even though she deserves them much more than those who received them. And so she's getting really, uh, feeling really bad about that, obviously, uh, being the victim of 1960s sexism in the workplace. Um, and Michael Caine's character, the janitor, Mr. Hobbs overhears that she is actually soon going to be let go from her job. Um, because as it happens with a lot of workers like janitors, people ignore them like they're not there. So Mr. Hobbs observes a lot of things that people don't think he is observing. So outside of work, he approaches Laura Quinn and asks her if she wants to take part in a heist that he is planning. He wants to get into the diamond vault in the basement of the building. And what he presents to her is just to steal there's so many diamonds in there. They're not even going to notice a handful gone, but it's going to be, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for them. And she is kind of reticent, but she agrees eventually. And when it comes time for the heist to get pulled off, it is discovered the next, and, you know, I won't go into how exactly they do it, um, which is it's, kind of uninteresting it's kind of cute like they last minute security cameras get installed which is very new tech for them but they figure out that they're on a 60 second cycle and then they change screens so they figure out a way to get in and out unseen and of course it's mr hobbs doing the heist as the janitor um and the next day it is revealed that all of the diamonds are gone he has somehow made off with all of them. And there were bins and bins and bins of millions and millions of diamonds in there. Um, and the reason why he's pulled off this heist, it's revealed that he actually has no interest in really getting rich. He actually just wants to destroy the company, which is rad. Like yeah, that's that a very, <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Um, and it turns out it's because one of the people that works for the company um, was basically an insurance agent that screwed over um, him and his wife who was sick um, and he didn't insure them in time or it it was a little confusing for me, a baby who doesn't understand those things. Um, But he had his own reasons, Michael Caine's character. And um, he poses as this, you know, mysterious person who's taken all the diamonds and asks for ransom money for the diamonds back, um, receives the ransom money, never gives the diamonds back because he's actually um, dumped them all down the sink. And now they're in the sewers of London. Um, <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the initial heist and the reasons behind it are kind of cool. Again, I love the idea of the diamonds being stolen, not for their value at all, but just to simply absolutely destroy this di- massive diamond dealer. Uh, Cause if they have no diamonds, no one's, they're going to go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it did get a little cheesy um, in, you know, and it just, uh, it kind of fell flat. Ultimately uh, the very end, Mr. Hobbs, kind of disappears, makes off with the ransom money, but he sends it to Miss Quinn, who then the very end of the movie is just her being like, then my life really began. And I went traveling and I donated all of the money. And now I just have this one massive diamond and I'm going to throw it in the sewer, much like the heart of the ocean. It's just kind of a, fl- a flaccid ending. It was- yeah, totally. You're like, what happened here? Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. You know, uh, ultimately a cool, a cool idea for a heist movie. Um, I, you know, two people who are stepped on by their superiors teaming up together. We love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I don't know, middle of the road movie from 2007. But if you are interested, it's um, streaming on Hulu, I believe is where I watched it. Don't, no, I'm sorry. It's on for free on YouTube and Tubi. Um, yeah, the acting was very good. It was fun. And there were definitely some tense moments. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's flawless. Flawless. (laughs) Maybe some flaws and flawless. Yeah. You know, just not, not thrilling enough for me. It's pretty bold to call your movie flawless. It's kind of, kind of an intense choice. (laughs) It's true. It's true. 
the very opening scene is Miss Miss Quinn's character as an old woman meeting up with a journalist who wants to do a piece about the first generation of women breaking through in the workplace and uh, the old person makeup on Demi Moore is very, very bad. And they meet up at a cafe and she basically just shows her this massive diamond and is like, I stole this. <laughs> and then the movie starts. <laughs> wow. She, yeah. 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 Dang. So um, I, uh, that was flawless. That's Can't flawless. say I loved it. Yeah. That's too bad. <laughs> The, uh, it is, it's kind of a funny, it's a funny balance to have to strike between, yeah, like the tension and some comic relief if, if a movie's willing to do that yeah. uh, and some drama. Um, yeah. Another movie that I watched was also not funny. <laughs> uh, and I did like it, but my main complaint is that it's too long, but I'll tell you more. Tell uh, me. It's a movie from 1970, a French movie oh. uh, called The Red Circle. Oh, le circle rouge. Oh, le, le circle. <laughs> le circle rouge. <laughs> the red circle. Uh, yeah, it's. I rented it. It's uh like anywhere you can rent movies on like YouTube, etc. For like three ninety nine. Uh, which it is over two and a half hours long. So you Ooh. do. It's a it's a bang for your buck. However, yeah. my main complaint is that it could be shorter. <laughs> um, oh man, it's definitely yeah. it's quite lengthy. Uh, it's directed by Jean Pierre Melville. Um, and it's, I mean, it was very interesting. It's, uh, the whole entire first hour and a half, there is no heisting whatsoever. <laughs> it's really, it takes a while to get to the heist portion of oh, the film. It's a long time to wait. Long time. And then, well, and then you get there and then you're like, oh my God, there's a whole hour left to this movie, <laughs> which is exactly what happened to me when I was watching it. Um, but so, okay. So we start the movie with a guy named Corre. Corey. I'm going to call him Corey because I'm not French. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to do a French. Don't worry. Um, So he is released from prison early because of good behavior. And so he immediately, the first thing he does is go and like settle a score with a guy who it's unclear what his relationship to him is, but he's clearly like he was wronged by him before he went to prison. Um, And so he goes to this guy's house. His name's Rico. Uh, and immediately like steals a gun and steals some money and like in the process like kills one of his like goons basically and then immediately buys a car and like scrams and we are in France also by the way just Uh just to be clear (laughs) and so we on the same day there's also this other guy named Vogel who is being escorted by a police inspector um, and he escapes from the train uh, that he's being escorted on and runs into the woods and then Corey basically times it so that Vogel can hide in his trunk like as like he's being stopped at a police point and he sees Vogel and is like okay and like pops his trunk <laughs> and then Vogel like climbs in and they have like a little tension moment where he's like why are you doing this and Corey's like well I know you're I know that you're a prisoner and I too was recently a prisoner. And so they decide to like team up. Oh, fun. Really fun. So like the things that are really uh, interesting about this movie are like, is actually the relationship between the two of them because they don't cross paths for a while because the movie is so long. (laughs) And then once they finally do, it's like really thrilling. So then while the two of them, they basically make a pact. They're like, okay, let's keep going. We'll get to Paris. And then it'll be harder for us, either of us to be found because Corey's being tracked down by like, this guy Rico's gangsters uh, and Vogel is being tracked down by the police. So they like bond a little bit more because two of Rico's men like stop them on the road and uh, Vogel kills them to like save Corey. And it's like, okay, cool. What's going on here? You guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then the other main character who we're kind of following is the police inspector who was es- escorting Vogel uh, n- named Monsieur Maté. Ah. <laughs> and so Matt. <laughs> it's Matt. <laughs> His name's Matt. <laughs> uh, and so it's kind of, it's this really interesting movie where like they keep having near misses with each other. Uh, Vogel and Corey decide to like perform one last heist also as they always, it's always one last job. One, one final score, baby. One, we're one gonna more. Do one more and then we're done. Yeah. Uh, basically to like rob a jewelry store and get as much money as they can so they can like escape and both of them can get away from their problems. Vogel's being the police hunting him down and Corey's being this guy Rico's like gang um and so 
uh, Matei, the police inspector, is, like, also basically, like, they will both go to the same, like, shady bar, like, within, you know, a couple hours of each other and, like, just miss each other. (laughs) And it's so, like, that stuff is so interesting. All of the, like, ooh, what's happening? Like, they're all talking to the same kind of shady characters because the network is so interconnected, but just, like, keep having these near misses. Um, And so that's really interesting the, uh, then basically after an hour and a half of this, <laughs> like all of this stuff, just basically them like planning what's going on. The two thieves uh, enlist this guy named Jansen, who's going to be like their marksman, um, who's a former cop. And he is like, his job is basically to like blow a lock on the jewelry store for them to be able to get in. Um, and he just decides to do it out of like the goodness of his heart. He's like, wow. don't pay me. Don't pay I me. I just want to help you. Yeah. It's really, it's like very sweet. Like they're all really bonded. Um, and there's also like a lot of interesting scenes, even though it's really, it's way too long, but like you're introduced to Jansen by like he, the marksman, he's like lying in bed and like he is hallucinating all of these different animals, like climbing over him while he's like lying in bed. Like, like it's like spiders and crabs and lizards and stuff. And it's, it's not really explained ever. It's just that he <laughs> has, he's, he's like, uh, like oh, when, he, when he later is like, oh, like I'm going to help you and you don't have to pay me they're like why he's like you banished the monsters <laughs> it's like what does that mean i don't know well literally never know <laughs> like maybe it made sense in french but didn't work for me but i mean it did work because it's very interesting but like yeah, i didn't understand but maybe french people understand more than we do but yeah it doesn't matter still fun totally so fun uh so then about an hour and a half into the movie we enter the heist portion <laughs> of the film and a thing that is really interesting and the reason that I watched this movie is because I wanted to watch the movie Rafifi Uh um, which is a 50s French movie that features a real-time heist at the end of it Um, and the red circle or the red circle also does it also has a real-time heist where it's like 40 minutes of Vogel and Corey doing the heist like you see like every single step is happening in real time there's no cuts I mean there's cuts but it's not like you know we don't jump forward in time at all Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting idea because that's a great way to build tension. But because the rest of the movie is so like granular and like long, and we're like lingering on things for a really long time, it's not that effective. Because I'm like, okay, like we've been doing this the whole time. Yeah, we've been taking our time the whole time. <laughs> I so, know. You know, like we could, we could speed it up, and that would be fine. Yeah. Um. But so the heist actually goes great. Like only one. The only thing that happens is like right as they're escaping, um, the guard like manages to ring the alarm. So when they go to try to move the jewelry that they've stolen, their fence, which is a word that I, again, had to look up. It's like the guy who sells the goods, <laughs> sells the oh. stolen goods, um, which every time I watch a heist movie, they say that. I'm like, well, who is the fence? And then, yeah. like, oh, right, right. Um, he's like, these goods are too hot. You drew way too much attention to yourself. I'm not helping you. And so because of that, the police inspector, Matei, manages to kind of draw them into a trap by pretending he like poses as a fence himself. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I'm not, am I going to spoil the end of this one too? I don't know. Should I? It's up to you, man. I actually am because I'm like, I don't, nobody's going to watch this movie. It's fine. It's I mean, maybe you will. It's it fine. Yeah. Uh, not about what happens. It's about how it happens. How it happens. You're right. Uh, and it is, it is a fun movie, but it's like, uh, the ending is kind of the best part in my opinion, mm-hmm. but basically uh, Corey is like drawn into this trap with the police inspector and Vogel finds out and like busts in the door and is like, run, take this stuff and go. And the two of them run and Jansen tries to protect them and all three of them are killed. And it's like very, very bleak. Yeah. <laughs> like the very, end of Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Whoa. It's very like, 70s like everybody is like oh and and the police inspector is actually extremely um empathetic also like I really liked his character he like Mm. he and the thieves are all like the main people who you follow and like he also at the beginning of the movie is like having a conversation with another inspector or whatever and is like I think all all men are innocent and the other inspectors like they're all guilty (laughs) and then at the end that same inspector is like see I told you (laughs) Oh, <laughs> and wow. Mateus is just like on Mateus' face and then it ends and it's like okay cool man <laughs> that was a very like it was weird because it really French movies uh, <laughs> French movies I know it's really like it took a really long time to bring me there but I was like okay all right like I wish that the beginning hour and a half was like 40 minutes or like 
20 minutes, <laughs> this part would have been fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I think it's worth a watch if you are like an enthusiast of heist movies. If you're not, it's like, it's pretty long. It's a long, gonna, de- something that really you have to be dedicated for. Yeah, you're going to have to punt your phone into another room because otherwise you're going to get way too distracted. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's but too it's, bad. Yeah. yeah it's a it's not streaming for free you have to rent it um but yeah if you are interested it's called the red circle i did i mean it i watched the whole thing i didn't give up and the ending yeah. was very was very interesting so i feel like so many there are a lot of movies who it's not even necessarily that they have to be redeemed by their ending but it's almost like breaking through the tape at the end. If the ending yeah. is, if the ending is really good, you're like, Oh man. All right. <laughs> uh, this was like the, the punchline for a very, very long joke. And I made it through and it feels good. Exactly. I wish I hadn't <laughs> had to spend so much time. But <laughs> I know. I wish you'd let me get there a little bit faster. Just a little bit sooner. It sounds really good though. Yeah. But anyway, that's the red circle. So uh, there you go. Can you nice. tell me about something else that you watched? I would love to. So I only watched one other movie. I I would love to have watched one million more. I did not have time because uh, I had a lot of Dawson's Creek to watch. <laughs> uh, no, but um, so I watched one other movie that was so good, but it wasn't it as unfortunately more of just a um, like a thievery movie. It's I would I wouldn't call it as much of a heist because um, I think something that makes a heist a heist movie rather than just robbers is um <laughs> you know a very complex plan yeah um totally. so unfortunately it it doesn't actually quite fall into it but i loved it so much and it does involve some diamonds so i'm going to tell you about it it's 1998's out of sight which is a steven soderbergh movie and it's so fun uh, it's, it's very sexy very steamy uh, because it's also a romance and it stars George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. And like many, many Steven Soderbergh movies, it is absolutely star studded. Yes. Even, <laughs> even the brief cameos it, are A-listers. It's ridiculous. So, you know, in here, you also have Don Cheadle, you have Ving Rhames, you have Steve Zahn, you have Dennis <laughs> Farina, you have Catherine Keener, Louise Guzman, Michael Keaton, Nancy Allen, who I recognized as um, she's, you know, before RoboCop gets turned into RoboCop when he's just Murph, it's Murph's yeah. partner. Aww. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then like uh, Viola Davis, um, a super quick Samuel L. Jackson cameo. There's just it's wild. It's Dang. full of people. And also like a lot of Steven Soderbergh movies, um, it's involved the the web it weaves you know is is tons and tons of characters that all uh come together or you know slowly you understand the significance of all of them to the story um but it is a story with tons and tons and tons of characters and i feel like there are other soderbergh movies that really share that as well i think he likes the the weave yeah um (laughs) so um and it's funny you know george clooney kind of kind of just like a Robert Redford to me where I forget I'm like oh this cheese ball and then I see him and I'm like very handsome he's very handsome (laughs) it's really wild classically handsome guy (laughs) and when he plays a crook I really it it does it for me I guess I feel that so George Clooney's character is a bank robber named Jack Foley and this movie is um shot or the story unfolds slightly unchronologically. So the f- opening scene is him robbing a bank. Uh, he He's clearly just gotten out of prison and he's tried to get a, he goes in for a job interview and he's like, can't do it. Gotta rob banks. So he robs a bank in the opening scene. It's an excellent, excellent scene. Um, and uh, so while he is in prison, he there's a there's like a big wig Wall Street guy in prison with him who's bragging about all these diamonds that he keeps in his house in Detroit. And so when uh, he has the opportunity, George Clooney escapes the prison through a tunnel and um, crosses paths with Jennifer Lopez, whose character's name is Karen Cisco, who is a beautiful, beautiful U.S. Marshal. And sparks fly right away, guys. 
Uh, it's not the best circumstances to meet someone for the first time under, but, um, they, they, they briefly take her hostage and then part ways, but, um, they, uh, kind of fall in love and it's really beautiful actually. (laughs) And like I said, very, very steamy, uh, cause basically like, like so many, um, uh, criminal and cop stories, like the, the cat and mouse obsession with each other, it's kind of riffing off of that but instead they just have really big crushes on each other actually very openly uh like she gets involved in his case because she wants to see him again because they were stuck in the trunk of a car together and they were like flirting and talking about movies um oh my god sounds amazing no it's it's so so fun um by the way it is it's streaming on amazon for purchase um and also uh i think you can get stars through it's on stars if you get it through Mm. hulu or something like that um and i don't actually want to ruin too much um about it other than just uh so you know um jack foley george clooney's character once he gets out of prison he and he is crushing on jennifer lopez but he's on his way to find these diamonds that this uh wall street cat has somewhere in his mansion a bunch of other characters that he knew in prison are also after the same thing uh it's yet another instance of me going soft on steve zahn (laughs) i'm always like oh he's so annoying and then he pops up and you're like you're so self-aware you are so annoying and your character is annoying and it's fun (laughs) it's like in joyride where you're like ah but i love you (laughs) i love you so much yeah yeah, Steve Zahn is like this real, real goofy dude um, who's who is the one who basically passed the message along about the diamonds. Um, it is a ton of fun. I'm sorry I'm breathing through it so quickly, no, no. but I don't want to tell you anything because you're going to love it. This is Out of Sight from 1998, directed by Steven Soderbergh. And just always a pleasure to see Jennifer Lopez. Oh. always a pleasure to spend time with her yeah Um, god i love her yep yep so tonight guys you know after you're done listening maybe pop on the old tube and watch watch this uh sexy crime thriller (laughs) oh my god yeah honestly like a romance in there is really so choice yeah and you know it's really um not quite as tender but um it has a similar uh delicateness and tenderness to the one of my favorite movies of all time which is an amazing heist movie and a romance Jackie Brown oh yes. um, it's oh not God. as beautiful and tender as that romance but it has it has a little echo of that um yeah it's wonderful <laughs> uh, yes oh my gosh great yeah I I've heard of it but I've never seen it this is very exciting yeah yeah yay okay um yeah. Do you have anything else, any other Jewel Heist movies you want to talk about? Or would you rather tell me about something that you're looking forward to or that you recommend? I think I'm going to kind of scooch both of those things into one. So I did watch one other movie on your recommendation, actually, <laughs> uh, which was similarly, I would, I mean, I definitely think it's a heist movie, but the heist part is less uh, explicit. Um, yes. But I watched a movie from 2000 called Sexy Beast. <laughs> on Amanda's recommendation and I really enjoyed it so good I forgot that I until the very last minute I was like Jenny it's a jewel heist movie and I forgot that it's not like he ends up with some jewels at the end but and as Jenny said it is very much there is a heist in it it is does not take center stage it's it's like I mean it's a convoluted way to steal something and it is it's only it's only about 10 minutes of the movie but the rest of the movie is really great and it totally, I was, I was absolutely satisfied as, yeah. uh, with part of the story. So I'll just give you like a very small taste because I do, I think it's totally a great uh, wor- movie worth watching. Yeah. Um, so it's from the year 2000. It's rentable everywhere. I also, I paid like two ninety nine or whatever. Um, it's directed by Jonathan Glazer, which is, he's the guy who made Under the Skin. Oh yeah. yeah which I had no idea. And I was it's, like, oh, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't made a lot of other movies. And I think that's one of the reasons why that sexy beast came onto my radar. Mm-hmm, totally. Looking up his other movies. Yeah. Um, so sexy beast is about a guy named gal <laughs> played by Ray Winstone. And he's a retired gangster and he's like 
chilling in a villa in Spain. And he's like so happy. He's lying out in the sun, getting like just baked every day. <laughs> the famous opening scene. <laughs> he's just like monologuing about how hot it is. And he's like bright red in a little speedo <laughs> right next to a swimming pool. It's amazing. Um, but he is, it's also totally a romance because it's just about how in love he is with his wife. He's like yeah. a total life guy. It's amazing. It's amazing. He and his buddy are both ex-gangsters and they're both married to ex-porn stars. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so, so sweet. And they, sweet and they both like really love each other it's really lovely um yeah. and then you know real real unhinged ben kingsley comes to town <laughs> and is like hey we need to get you back for another job he doesn't say one last job but just another one you're 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 required to return ian mcshane has called for you <laughs> you must come work for him one more time um but gal really doesn't want to go because he really doesn't want to risk his beautiful incredible uh, Spanish villa life uh, and things unfold from there and it's really it's like very stylistic in a way that's really interesting um, it's not as straightforward as most heist movies obviously uh, but yeah I found it very moving I found the romance to be like exceptionally moving I wasn't expecting it opened and I was like who is this clown and then like yep. when he start, start, started talking about how much he loved his wife I was like oh my god he's a big sweetie <laughs> he's, he's a, a big, big sweetie. sweetie it's it's true they do get you that way where you didn't expect to root for this guy but you really do because you're like oh just just let him go home just, he just wants to go <laughs> home and kiss his wife he loves her so much <laughs> yeah it's kind of a movie about getting like it's kind of a um getting back at bullies or I feel like it's like yeah. a bully a bully movie Ben Kingsley's a real bully in it totally and, um, yeah you don't he's a real rock through the window of this very beautiful perfect retired life yeah um and you don't want to see it happen absolutely not <laughs> uh Amanda do you have any recommendations or things you're looking forward to yeah so this is actually both the recommendation and the thing I'm looking forward to so I can't say that I'm going to recommend it. However, I've only seen one episode, so we'll see if I feel <laughs> the same way after I watch more. But I was my partner and I were hoping for something um, with fantasy in it and with fun costumes and makeup. And he found a Jim Henson show that only lasted one season from 1987 called The Storyteller and John Hurt with a big prosthetic nose plays a storyteller. And he, uh, the first episode was just um, this storyteller character telling the story of a, it's an old German folktale, but I actually, it's funny as it unfolded, I was like, wait, I, I know this story. And like so many old European fairy tales, it pops up under many different names. Um, I knew it as green snake when I was a kid, but it was called Hans the Hedgehog. And the costumes were disgusting and wonderful <laughs> because, of course, this story is about a, a man hedgehog, uh, which oh. is horrible to look upon. Um, but just to see, just to spend time with some some Jim Henson creatures, man, was so wonderful. And I really do always want to see practical effects and crazy, crazy costumes. Um and I, I get a thrill out of being disgusted by very uncanny <laughs> critters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that is streaming on Amazon. Uh, that's The Storyteller, a Jim Henson production. And that's from 1987. I've only seen the first episode, but I'm very excited to watch more because it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's it for tonight. It always goes so fast. It really does. This has been Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. You can find us on Instagram at Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Hit us up with some recommendations or, uh, you know, recommendations of themes we can also take. We would uh, love yeah. that. We're out yeah. there. Check us out. Uh, you know, enjoy this hot weather. Great day to turn on the air conditioning and watch a movie instead of going outside. Exactly. Uh, one of Jenny's favorite summer activities is to enjoy the air conditioning in a theater so we can all start doing that again and yes. enjoy the air conditioning in your own home. Uh, yeah, it is good weather to stay inside, much like the depth of winter. Yes. This, this weather's gross. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> Um, well, this is always such a wonderful time. We love to share it with you. Thank you so much for dimming the lights with Jenny and Amanda. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>